welcome back friends to another episode of these five songs uh in times as turbulent as these it's good to reach out and talk to close friends and and today i'm joined by a very talented friend and you know while most people only have enough talent to put into one band today's guest is not only the lead guitarist of pop rock saviors certainty but he's bringing back the fun of pop punk as the vocalist of cheapside please welcome tyler gregg to these five songs pop rock saviors dude yeah you like that yeah dude that's sick thanks Uh, for uh thanks for making me sound way cooler than i am (laughs) you're a savior (laughs) man i'm a savior (laughs) don't don't let that get to your head though yeah, I won't. I'll try my best. <laughs> um, so uh, one thing I kind of had to mention um, off the top. Uh, so we're recording this a day before its release, uh, which is something that I don't usually do, but it's my bad uh, in this example. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I've I've been like uh, a, a little busy, you know. So I, I've been I've been trying to figure out the best time, and today was the time, but. Uh, it actually lined up well because um, a certain band put out a new song today. Who? The Ghost Inside. Oh, yeah. I saw Blaine said that. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, you didn't? No, dude. Like, I saw it, like, right (laughs) before. I saw that message right before you called me. Oh, word. Okay. Like, I haven't even... I don't even know what it's called. Like, is it on Spotify? I don't even know. Okay, I'm looking right now. Um, so yeah, they, they dropped a new song aftermath. aftermath. Yeah. Um, I just think that, and they also announced a full, uh, new album self-titled June Dude, 5th. I've been sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, big news. I just figured I'd mention that since, uh, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty that's, wild. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a huge, that's actually huge news like a single you know let alone a full album um so yeah ghost that inside. Cool. such um, a cool band man great band yeah like absolutely coming from like literally coming from the like well not the ashes because they busted and catch on fire but the wreckage of their yes. bus and like coming back doing that show last year and then now in in like the the worst time everybody's home everybody's gonna check out this album yeah like and it's like old fans new fans new fans like Mm -hmm. it's so hopeful too like it uh Mm -hmm. in in like these times to see that that whole story and and the video like opens with news coverage and it's oh wow yeah so it's, it's just like uh that's so cool that um that that's coming out so very excited for that but uh let's get into the episode so today our our guest tyler uh you picked for your theme do you want do you want to tell everyone what you picked yeah um so i it's kind of hard to explain so i i'm i'm calling it a two for one okay um so basically it's it's like songs that have two like completely separate parts in them to make to almost make it seem like it's two different songs but it's in one track mm-hmm. um so i i mean like we'll, we'll get right into it um 
I guess the like the first song that we're that we're I think we're gonna be looking at is Foreplay Long Time by yeah. Boston and uh off this... the album Boston, self titled, released <laughs> August twenty fifth, nineteen seventy six. Yeah. And uh <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. It, it was the perfect it was the perfect beginning for this like this kind of episode because I at least for me it was like it was the first song that i ever heard that had like two completely different parts yeah um this song this song is obviously a little bit different than the other songs that i've picked both in genre and um like in in the way that they do it just because like like foreplay is like the intro of the song it's like Mm -hmm. a whole it's like a whole minute and a half of just sick instrumentals um and then it gets all does that like spacey transition and, yeah. and goes into the yeah, oh, yeah so cool and then goes into the like the full song um yeah i don't i don't know i think it's just a really cool it's a cool start to like to talk about these um mm-hmm. since it's an intro uh since four plays an intro uh and the rest of them are like the rest of the songs are almost like the second song is like an outro yeah you know what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. well so this the it is kind of like uh for the time that this came out 1976 um this was definitely a a different kind of of music still um rolling stone described it as a perfect marriage of led zeppelin and yes that plays musical chairs with electric and acoustic sounds which i think is like a really good way to describe the sound that um boston creates here absolutely uh, also, like one of my favorite choruses of all time, I think um, the the like yeah, and that and then when it just layers those, woo, like oh, just so cool, so great uh, and so classic. Um, also, there's this kind of uh, really elaborate story that surrounds this this entire album and its production which i find like fascinating uh do you know like the, the whole story about I think, this record i think you kind of told me about it actually so it'd yeah, probably so, be best if you if you talk about it because you you know the you know what's up with it <laughs> all, yeah. all i know is tom schultz is a genius yeah man uh so so tom schultz he uh he had recorded this uh this demo and the label heard that and they were like, okay, like this is fantastic, but uh, can you re-record these songs? We want it to sound exactly like these demos, uh, but can you re-record them in the studio? Because he had basically recorded all these demos um, on his own in his just basement. on like a four track or something, yeah. Yeah, and so he had he recorded everything, and they wanted to sound exactly like the demos. So uh, the label hires this producer the main focus for the producer was going to be uh, vocals and mixing so Boston goes to the studio and they track vocals with the producer uh, the studio thinks you know the band is doing this it's great uh, and then at the same time uh, the guitarist Tom Schultz who who had kind of he, he's he's the like the main kind of uh, he's the mastermind of Boston for sure yeah exactly and and so he was actually just staying in his house for months uh, every day going down into his basement re-recording those same parts with the same equipment that he had used before um, <laughs> and, and just meticulously re-recording these parts 
and the record ended up only costing a few thousand dollars because of that which is like insane especially um, considering it's one of the it's one of the best-selling albums of all time exactly in, in yeah. the states yeah and, and like like more than a feeling was recorded that like acoustic plucking that was recorded with a 100 dollars yamaha acoustic guitar like what uh, yeah it, that's it's, crazy it's crazy um and, and yeah just all the engineering of of everything of course like tom schultz created uh the whole line of pedals and yeah uh he's like yeah the gene, genius guy yeah well i watched i you sent me that that little like nine minute video uh, yeah, of yeah. him like talking about his uh his recording stuff and and he he does mention in that video that like the label and the engineers or like the producer was like, why are you, why are you using your own like homemade gear mm -hmm. to record this stuff? And it's like, it's, it's because I'm getting sounds out of this that I can't get out of any, anywhere else. Exactly. Like that, yeah. like that transition in between like foreplay and long time, a lot of those weird effects are still with the guitar. Mm -hmm. Like it's like that, um, you know that like Windows XP pinball game? Yeah. There's there's like this one sound and it's like and it's like like he he probably got that from that sound. Uh, wait, are you saying No, I mean sorry. <laughs> no, that's not what I no. I mean that like he probably got that sound from his gear. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Boston got their sound from the Windows, from Windows XP, XP pinball game. 30 years, that came out 30 years later. Yeah, they time-traveled. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, but this this song is is fantastic and uh, a good way to start the list. Um, the Yeah, the shift between between the instrumental and um, and, and that slick uh, the long, whenever it goes into long time, just fantastic. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I can't, I can't listen to just long time. You know what I mean? No. Because yeah. long, because when when the record came out, um, they cut foreplay as the mm -hmm. intro uh, when they were releasing it, like on radio and stuff like that. So it would just start with the with that lead guitar part. Yeah, and and that's great. It's just the there's no intro to you the song to anymore up. yeah yeah you, you, you need exactly the piano sounds so sick I and then all in his basement like that's insane that's to think bonkers about. yeah um but yeah boston uh so the next song on the list immediate shift um but we're going into stick to your guns sufferer slash uh la Podorosa off the album the hope division released june 1st 2010 um this song is actually a really interesting example of two songs within one because now we're kind of delving into like the idea of hidden tracks on albums yeah um so this song is uh it means a lot to me uh, i i was listening to it a lot in like grade 11 grade 12 um and and obviously like being a little teenager you're going through all these like hormone changes and these like 
just not being sure of who you are and everything like that. And mm-hmm. um, this song talks, this song talks a lot about like, um, do like, do I know, do I know what I'm doing? Um, do I still know what I'm doing? Should I give up on what I am trying to do or who I'm trying to be? Um, and then, and the song shifts about halfway through um and it goes it goes from this like really like these fast beats and everything like that and uh into just kind of this build up mm-hmm. um and i'm going to i'm going to read the lyrics real quick um it it says uh i'm breaking away from pain and self defiance i found my way in faith and self reliance and i can say i stood to face the giant but if i die at least i'll die a lion um and at least for me like when i was when i was like 16 i was like damn like at least i'll die a lion like no no matter for me that meant like no matter what i do um or no matter what the outcome is of what happens in my life at least i'm trying Mm -hmm. uh at least i'm trying as hard as i can and for me as even now um that means that means a lot to me because i have i have a really hard time trying to like figure out the right way to do things and i'm always trying to figure out the right way to do things and listening to this song kind of helps me realize that even if i didn't find the right way at least i'm trying right Mm -hmm. no exactly Um, and and to go to your to your uh, point of hidden songs um this song is on Spotify and stuff. It's like 11 minutes long. Yeah. Well, when you, you first uh, sent me the list and I saw this, I was like, this is, this song is 11 minutes and 38 seconds. And I was kind of like, I didn't know that, you know, stick to your guns had their own like fucking Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Their own epic track. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. Uh, and then so i listened to it and you know the sufferer that that portion last i guess if you want to like if you're technically you know putting this into two different portions uh that lasts until 4 12 and then i kind of just sat there <laughs> and i was just waiting because i was like oh, I, I don't know when it will kick in and then i find <laughs> i think i realized i was like oh it's like a hidden track okay so then finally at like nine minutes in uh we hear audio again and and it's uh this ukulele cover of this is more another yeah. song yeah um it's really interesting this was a cover that the band found on youtube that was yeah. uploaded december 4th 2009 and i guess they contacted the uploader and uh yeah it's just so cool that that was put onto the album yeah especially considering like this is more is their like that's their end that's their set ender that's the song that's the song they always use to finish the set that's the song that like people who don't know stick to your guns very well they at least know that song yeah um <laughs> and releasing like as a hidden track a little like cute little acoustic cover of it i just think that's i think it's really funny yeah Um, but also like i i don't know i feel like it kind of it kind of fits i don't know why it's like hopeful yeah Um, and the the album ends on like a hopeful note right and so it's kind of like a nice like which which fits because it's the hope division yeah exactly Yeah. yeah 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's a really cool thing for a band to do. I don't, I've never really seen something like that. Before. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite records, like of all time, especially con- considering I found it like when I was at that like perfect age of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. And so moving on to the next track uh, we have here, uh, Code Orange Kids, Liars slash Trudge off the album Love is Love slash Return to Dust, released November 20th, 2013. Uh, the first half of the song is so damn heavy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like just like a sledgehammer, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, This this track was probably the song that got me on to code orange kids yeah um again i was listening like i found this in high school i think when i was on tumblr or whatever and uh man this this was some of the like the heaviest stuff that i had that i had ever heard um and i loved it uh kurt Ballou produced this record from uh oh my god from converge uh and uh he like he's done he's done tons of albums he's like a pretty big producer um and he does like lots of really really heavy stuff but these kids were like 17 i think like 18 when this came out yeah um like that yeah and i just i just don't i just for me i don't i don't understand how they can write stuff like this so young it's, it's crazy yeah but like like because the lyrical content like the the words are so big (laughs) (laughs) like like vilified what does that even mean i don't even know dude um i yeah i i don't even i i don't know what to say like this this song the the transition that Mm -hmm. that i guess that i guess we're talking about in this uh it's like an outro uh yeah yeah it, so it, it goes like so heavy to so like creepy crawly kind of like just, yeah yeah and Re- reba's vocals are very eerie yeah, they're really yeah. creepy um and it almost like it kind of goes it kind of goes into the next song um if i remember correctly at least uh the next song starts kind of like scary eerie and then goes back to the the heaviness um yeah i i I don't have i don't have a whole lot to say about this song uh it just goes it just goes from super heavy to super scary um Um, yeah and it's i think it's interesting too that code orange's name change was like so literal (laughs) that it's yeah literally it's literally them just taking kids out of their name like that you know and you can and you can kind of you can tell too Mm -hmm. because when they put out i am king um the it doesn't feel like just a bundle of tracks yeah like it feels like an album for me this love is love return to dust kind of feels a little bit more like just a bundle of songs put together Mm -hmm. um they definitely do have like a cohesive sound together but with i am king and then obviously forever um they really came into their sound and and like figured out what they were trying to do and what they wanted to do um and whether that was 
whether they were just like, yeah, we're not kids anymore. So we're going to take the kids out of our name or they just wanted, I, I, I really don't know the reason why they did that name change. Yeah. Um, I feel like that could be it. Cause they've been doing this band since they were like 13. Yeah. Yeah. So like they, uh, they've been a, they've been a band for 10 years now and mm-hmm. people are just, I mean, they've been nominated for Grammy for three years, but people are just finding out who they are now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so another, another band that had a name change, um, certainty used to be hindsight. Yes. Sir. Uh, did you find kind of like a sense of rebirth, um, moving from hindsight to certainty? 100%. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so our old, so I, I was like, not really in the band when we were hindsight mm-hmm. uh i was i was in the band like at the very end and when we were doing all of our changes um brent is the only member from hindsight yeah original. Um, yeah so i think like plus we were also going going through a big sound change too yeah um the songs that are on the ep tearing me apart is like those songs are were written in 2014. Brent was in grade 11, and <laughs> and hindsight hindsight was very much like an alt rock like grunge band kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so having these songs like in 2016 that still aren't recorded, like we we're tracking them, and they're still like this grungy kind of stuff. But then the new stuff that Brent's writing was a lot more poppy and um like there were like yeah yeah hooky and stuff like that so plus there's another hindsight out there um in australia and they're they were three years ago they they were were, fucking angry well they were popping (laughs) off a little bit okay um and they messaged us out of nowhere and was just and they were just like hey and we were like hey and they're like you prick they're like are we going to do something about this or should we just leave it? And, and we were like, we were like, well, like we're going through all these changes, like these member changes, these sound changes, mm-hmm. let's, and, and there's this other band from Australia that they're not, they're like a melodic hardcore band, whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, So they're not the same genre, but they're kind of, I guess you could say they're in a similar scene. Mm-hmm. so we were like you know what let's just, just not worth it yeah it's just not worth yeah. it uh so let's just do a rebrand let's just do a re like a name change so when we when we ended up figuring out that certainty w- was what we were gonna do it was like a rebirthing um because it felt it felt like my band yeah because obviously hindsight didn't really feel like my band mm-hmm. but once we did the name change and then the album, the EP came out and stuff, we were like, I was like, okay, this feels like a band that I am a member of. And like, I, I really feel like I'm a part of this band as opposed to like being a, being a guitar player who plays for the band, but didn't have anything to do with recording or writing or anything like that. You know what I mean? totally yeah no um and definitely like it's uh i feel like it almost that that helped because 
I don't know. You kind of you create like a whole new. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. You understand what I'm saying. <laughs> it it probably helped in some aspects the name change. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah, well, because like a fresh start. Like, yeah, because hindsight had been playing. Brent always says 2014, but I swear to God, I saw hindsight in 2013. Um, like official. I, uh, I I really don't know, dude. Historian, <laughs> but but I remember seeing hindsight in Hamilton when I was in high school. Okay. Um, and and I really I really liked them, and mm. then. And then I ended up meeting Brent because uh, he was coming to he was coming to the school that I was going to, yeah. and uh, we ended up talking. And then he he asked me to track guitars for the band, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then he asked me to fill in for the band, and I'm like, this is this is weird, but this is really this is cool. I, I just thought it was a really interesting kind of storyline yeah considering sure. like i had seen this band years ago when i was in high school mm-hmm. like in my hometown opening for i think it was i think it was a safe to say show actually does, does brent not remember that happening brent remembers it happening but we have we have differing um not opinion oh, I, we have we have different facts um we don't have our facts straight one of them is right anyone knows if anyone (laughs) knows when this show was it was in hamilton do you remember the venue yeah it was absinthe it was club absinthe Uh, club absinthe and it was hindsight i think it was 2013 or 2014 it was it was hindsight and i'm pretty sure safe to say played i i we'll find out someone will we need to find out dude uh but yeah uh that yeah great great song code orange kids code orange (laughs) hindsight certainty you know the whole the whole shebang Um, (laughs) and so moving on to the next track um touche amore anyone anything off the album hang on (laughs) it's touche amore really yeah there's an accent on the other e too is it touche amore i've always just said touche amore no, it's Touche Amore. Well, I guess I'm a big idiot. <laughs> I I actually <laughs> didn't. I actually, I had no clue. Well, I feel stupid. Um, okay, well, Touche Amore, Anyone, Anything, uh, off the album is Survived by, released September 24th, 2013. Uh, produced by Brad Wood, who has actually produced some of my favorite records outside of like the kind of hardcore post-hardcore world um like liz fair's exile and guyville was produced by him oh wow um yeah and uh some sunny day real estate stuff was done by him too which is pretty cool so oh that's cool yeah really really good producer but uh this this song is great this this band is great like everything Mm -hmm. that they touch is fantastic yeah definitely um i haven't i haven't gotten past this album i'm gonna be honest really um i did not listen to stage four. Oh, that's yeah. what it's called right yeah uh okay. yeah, so. yeah um yeah i haven't listened to stage four um yeah, i was really good. i was so on um party in the sea uh that that album was like 
one of my one of my favorite albums when I was in high school. Um, I was just I was so into it, and it survived by took me a long time to get into. I don't know I don't know what happened if I just wasn't into the music anymore or what, but I really didn't get into this album until like last year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. took me. It took me a really long time. Uh, I fell. I fell off this band really hard. But uh, this song, uh, anyone, anything, is uh, it's it's cool. I, again, I I these transition songs I think are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they they just they hit me in a different kind of sense. Yeah. I just I think I just like them more because they the band probably thought about it like a lot differently than a lot of the other songs that they've written. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, in, in what sense do you think? Like they, I, I feel like I, and, and I mean, I've never written a song like this. I don't really write music that much. Well, um, certainty does have one track that is, that is a slash. Well, I guess actually no. That, it, I, it kind it, of it kind of is, but we made it into two tracks yeah, because it would have been like actually. it would have been like six minutes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I think, I think like, I don't know. I, it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to explain because, like this this song goes from like their like the the regular like kind of touche sound and then it mm-hmm. and then it transitions into like just guitar yeah and then it and then it goes back into the back into a full band just talk just saying the chorus yeah it's you know it's yeah um, i feel like the, this band is like instantly recognizable just from his vocal melodies uh like the vocalist jeremy um just the way that he like punctuates every word is so um it, it just yeah it, it it hits different it's like the only, it's it, different bro. It, it really does though like um every word has such an impact yeah yeah uh that that chorus the chorus in the song i think is is really good i don't know anyone mm-hmm. i don't know anything so stop expecting everything from me at all like yeah, i i think it's really cool um I think I mean th- I think the song's like talking a lot about stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I feel like he he is he's expressing the stress that he feels that people are putting onto him. Yeah. Um, and he like he doesn't want people to be expecting everything from him, right? Like that's that's what he says in the chorus, and uh, I I feel that pretty hard like what whether whether you are what am i trying to say here whether you are like just thinking in your head that your friends or your peers or whatever are like expecting so much from you or if they actually are Mm -hmm. um sometimes it's really hard to tell and (laughs) jeremy just in this song just wants people to stop expecting so much from him and that's something that i think about a lot as well i don't like i have a hard time with people expecting things from me because i don't want to let people down um Mm -hmm. and i think that's 
I think that's why I like this song a lot, just because, I, I mean, I feel it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. That no, no, uh, it's definitely like their music. Nothing ever feels like cliched um, in their in their lyrics or or forced or or um, you know, there's no like forced metaphors. It's just like very emotional, honest writing. Yeah. Um, which I can appreciate. Super genuine. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it doesn't even really fit. Like, I don't, I don't know how you would classify Touche Amore. Like, um, a lot of people call them a post hardcore band. Yeah. Um, I remember reading something in high school and it was, I don't know if they called it like an, a second wave of emo revival or what it was. Um, but there was a, there was a big four at one point. Um, and it was touche, uh, lot of spute, um, pianos become the teeth and, Oh God, I can't remember this band. I, I never really listened to them, but, um, but yeah, in that, in that whole, yeah. Um, and and very they emotional, very, yeah, uh, they were, they were like all, all similar sounding bands. They all had this like, vi- yeah, very emotional lyrics, um, emotional, even emotional sounding music, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And they, they were the bands that I think kind of, um, like influenced a lot of newer bands into doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> For sure. Um, and, and even like, so, so let's talk about uh, hardcore. Um, yeah, we can of, do that. <laughs> like, how important has the hardcore community been to your growth as a musician? Because oh, like, I, I, I mean, I personally know, um, because we talk about it, but, uh, like, even though you play in, you know, a, a pop rock band and, and a pop punk band, like hardcore music, I would say is probably your, one, one of your biggest investments kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, that, that fourth band was called make do and mend. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I've been, I mean, I've been listening to, I grew up on Metallica and Iron Maiden, like from my dad. Um, and I, like, I was always listening to kind of like a little bit, a little bit heavier music, uh, growing up. And when I was in, when I was in middle school, this girl showed me, um, bring me the horizon. And I was like, what the hell is this? This is so cool. This is like a mix between. um, I I said it was a mix between like Dragon Force and uh, like, I think I think I said Suicide Silence because those were the only two bands that I knew at the time. Dragon Force was the first band that I ever heard do like a punk beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. I was like, I was like, what the hell is this? And I kind of like just dove in deep and I found, I just looked for so many bands on my own. I went 
I went straight into metal, straight into like the 2010 metal core attack, attack, asking Alexandria kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I slowly started to figure out uh, the, the hardcore bands that I liked, I guess. Um, like, I want to say the first hardcore, actual hardcore band I ever listened to was Terror. Um, yeah. And just the the positive lyrics mm -hmm. with the super aggressive vocals, super aggressive instrumentals um, brought me so much joy Yeah, because, yeah. because it was like, it was like everything that I was listening to when I was growing up, all, all this heavy stuff, these good tones, punchy drums, but then the lyrics are positive and the lyrics are like uplifting and yeah reading them makes you happy and or inspires you um that's why i'm really glad that i put stick to your guns on this list because especially growing up uh i was i was just constantly listening to this band because their their lyrics were so influential and so inspiring and just made me want to like make my life better and uh find myself a little bit more accountable for my actions uh and stuff like that uh hardcore has gotten me a lot more uh it's it's helped me become more self-aware okay yeah. uh on like issues that i feel like i have or issues that i or issues that people actually have with me or something like that um and just the way i present myself uh i think i've I've become a lot more self-aware and I think that that's strongly because of the music that I listen to and the lyrical content that comes out of it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously we all know that there's tons of hardcore music out there. That's just straight up aggressive yeah, yeah. and just really angry. Uh, and yeah. obviously I love that stuff too, mm -hmm. but the real, the real reason why I got into this music and, stayed with it is is the positive the pma the positive mental attitude um and like i i never really got into uh like bad brains or youth of today and like the, like the older hardcore bands that really started that movement yeah um i never really got into those bands too much but i know where it came from and mm -hmm. Like, I'm super grateful that these bands started stuff like this because mm -hmm. not just me, but like thousands of other people have like this, this kind of stuff has helped them through so many times. And that's, that's me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and the, like the entire idea of like a community um, is, is so cool within hardcore. That's the one thing like I, I find like, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I think mean, it's. I, it, I think it's like my one of my one of my favorite parts about hardcore is the is the community, I guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, I mean, people might listen to this and especially like recently, they might think all oh, hardcore, the hardcore community is, is shit or is is like very gatekeepy or um, they're, they're exclusive, even though they talk about inclusive inclusivity all the time. Um, because we see what's going, we see what goes on on Twitter all the time. And there's, yeah, al there's exactly. always so much like hardcore Twitter beef. 
just or whatever whatever yeah just bullshit just whatever you want to call it uh but at least to me i i mean i didn't i didn't i wasn't on twitter when i was in high school all that much um and like i would go to shows all the time and i would be like talking to people that i have never even seen before who are five six years older than me and we're just all being buddy buddy yeah and and before going to these shows i never really had that Mm -hmm. um so seeing seeing how people like treat me at shows like that like made me obviously made me want to go to shows more um i'm gonna bring up ldb fest real quick um i went to that in february and i went last year too and the sense of community there is just was just amazing like just Mm -hmm. you could you could go up you could pretty much talk to anybody and it would be no problem at all yeah um this one guy his name's escaping me for some reason sorry um he he came up to me like during the pre-show and like we're just we're just chatting like just about bands and uh then then we started talking about like where he was from and um like their like their we were talking about their weed laws uh and like just the american government and we're just getting into all these different conversations where otherwise i probably never would have talked to this guy yeah like at all let alone about all these super serious topics yeah so it's just i i think it was just it was a really cool example of um just being able to hang out with people that you don't know and and actually be able to connect with them mm-hmm. um because it was it was more than just like a hey dude how are you how are you doing yeah exactly yeah it's, yeah it was yeah. it was really cool man awesome um and so let's move on to the final track now tyler the creator gone gone slash thank you off the album igor released may 17th 2019 um tyler the creator is particularly fond uh, of this concept of the uh tucson concept um and and since the album bastard that he put out the 10th track on every album has a song with two songs in it split song wait really yeah i had no idea yeah i uh yeah every every 10th track um, i'm i'm literally i'm looking at the <laughs> wow that's so yeah. cool right um yeah when so when did you find out about uh tyler the creator and yonkers okay yonkers just like everybody else pretty much um i i mean obviously i really liked yonkers and like just it was super eerie super creepy sounding and his voice was so low and he was being like offensive and i was like (laughs) 14 i was like this is so cool man yeah and then i actually listened to all of all of uh goblin and i i actually enjoyed it uh which i was pretty surprised about i i'm not the biggest hip-hop fan in the world uh i do i do like hip-hop but not that much um 
so I was I was like listening to Goblin. I was like, I actually actually dig this a lot. Uh, and then his next record came out. Uh, what was a wolf, right? Uh, uh, wait, Goblin and then Bastard and then I think it was wolf. Bastard then Goblin then Wolf. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. Research one second. <laughs> this is what editing's for. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll put like a little uh, Jeopardy timer in there. <laughs> All right, so Goblin came out first. We did the research. No, it didn't. Uh, we... Bastard came out first. <laughs> Dude. Uh, so, so it looks like uh, looks like we did the research, and uh, I was right. Um, <laughs> yeah no uh so tyler was right um but anyway moving on the the, the point is uh so yeah you got into him from from yonkers I, i'm sure uh like a lot of people did it was the same for me um but i found i kind of like i don't know i kind of lost interest in his music until flower boy came out 100 percent, um, dude yeah I, I liked I kind of liked I kind of liked Wolf, not a lot. Um, like I liked the singles. Um, what was it like? Domo twenty three and uh, uh, I fucking hate you. Uh, and and like I liked I liked Trash Wang too, just because it was like it had the dudes from um, Trash Talk, and I thought that was I thought that was like a nice cool little. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like homage to like the other music that Tyler's into. And then like, obviously trash talk was like on their label and stuff too. Um, so I, I thought that was cool. Um, but then like cherry bomb came out. I don't even, if I don't even know if I've listened to a single song off that album. It's good. It's got some good tracks for sure. Um, death camp is good. The, I see this always happens i always forget the name of songs me too the, man the, the ones that i'm not like you know i don't have right in front of me with notes yeah um <laughs> uh anyway it's got kanye on it i cannot remember what it is but uh yeah i know that that album has some good songs too but smuckers. then flower boy yeah smuckers great great track um but then flower boy came out and and kind of just like this blew my like socks blew off it. Yeah, I think it blew like everyone away. Yeah. Suddenly, it wasn't like Tyler, Tyler the Creator was like this kind of, you know, controversial like rap guy. Like you know, he became um, he became like an artist, like a pop star. Yeah. Or like an R and B star. Um, yeah. This, uh, this record, Igor, I I really like too, and uh, th- this song is great. Well, why did you pick um this song? So well, I mean. If we're being completely, I mean, if we're the... being completely <laughs> honest, I picked this song because I couldn't think of another <laughs> two for one. Um, the twofer. Yeah, I couldn't think of another twofer. Um, but I, I listened to this song and I I thought it was really cool. Um, CeeLo Green's chorus in it uh, is really nice. I had no idea it was him until I pulled out the lyrics. Um, and Tyler's Tyler's verse. And in the, like the third, I guess you would call it the third verse. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like his his like full like long rapping verse um yeah it's just it it just adds so much to the song yeah um and then then like right after that part it goes into like this little outro and then into the second part of the song thank you um and i think this was this was a lot easier for me to kind of figure out what's going on in the song probably because he's a much bigger artist so a lot more people have like delved into it and talked about it um so i mean i'm on genius right now so i'm just full i'm gonna read this right here uh gone gone features tyler thinking about losing his love for his partner that has been discussed throughout the album well thank Mm -hmm. you features tyler thanking his partner for their love nice that's um and i i'm gonna i'm gonna go into like how i feel I, i guess i'll go into how i feel about this um going from being really upset uh that you're losing your loved one like you're you're losing your partner or whatever like you're going through a breakup being really upset about it um being angry about it like all of these emotions just like flowing through uh you do eventually get to a point where you're just you're just like remembering the good times um and thanking i guess i guess being thankful for it um i know i know i've definitely felt that i felt that a lot before um and sometimes it's really difficult to like see that when you're when you're in like all these emotions it's really hard to see that you're gonna be thankful eventually or you're gonna like look back on the good times um and i i don't know this i haven't i feel like i haven't really seen that a whole lot in music okay yeah um yeah, it's all the a lot of uh self-pity yeah yeah it's a yeah. lot of self-pity but but tyler just talking about like being being thankful for all the good parts of the relationship like knowing yeah, so. knowing that they still had good times and remembering those good times um yeah i i don't know i i think it's i think it's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah no, i don't know completely. what i'm trying to say here man um <laughs> it's uh there yeah, is it's... there is one line in the second part though yeah. um that still hits that still hits really hard for people who are still going through like these emotional like your all your emotional terminal turmoil after a breakup that mm-hmm. last line but i don't ever want to fall in love again um still i feel like hits really hard when you're being thank when you're feeling thankful for all of the good times you can still have those thoughts of like i really don't think i can i I don't think i can do this again or i don't want to do this again because i don't want to feel all those shitty feelings that i had before yeah Yeah, completely um and now also so the album igor uh it features tyler the creator kind of evolving into this character you know with the whole blonde wig tall suit Um, oh yeah so i i just wanted to ask you who is your favorite musical alter ego and why is it Chris Gaines? Oh, dude, it's totally Chris <laughs> Gaines, man. 
Okay. For the so, audio, for, straight do you up. Want to explain Chris yeah, Gaines? Yeah, I will. The, I will yeah. definitely explain Chris Gaines. Um, <laughs> I actually don't know if I've listened to his album. You can't find it. Okay, well that makes sense. It's not available. Anywhere. It's not. It's not even on Amazon Music. No, I because I. <laughs> okay, well first we'll we'll get into what it is. Okay. Okay. So. So explain Chris. So Gaines. so basically, um, there was this there was this movie that was going to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I have no idea what it was called. Uh, the Lamb. Yeah, it's called the. Okay. It was going to be called The Lamb, and it was going to be like it was going to be this movie about this about this guy named Chris Gaines, um, and it rock was, star. Yeah, it was rock star Chris Gaines, and it was yeah. going to be played by Garth Brooks. Um. <laughs> And so Garth Brooks, obviously like one of the, one of the biggest country singers of all time. Uh, yeah. um, and he's, he's going to be playing this rock star. Uh, yeah. And, and, the, and the VH1 and the, spe- the movie they did never... a VH1 special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and in it, they, they, there's a, they make a point of saying that Chris Gaines sold or, or he was on the billboard 200 for 224 weeks. <laughs> Dude, that's like, that's like four years. That's what I I know. That's so long. So yeah, okay. So for for anyone who doesn't know, Chris Gaines is not a real person. He's actually just Garth Brooks, um, and they just and they just they just parodied the shit out of it. Um, and they were just like, yeah, screw it. Let's make this mockumentary. Let's do all this stuff. Um, and he actually put out an album called The Life of Chris Gaines. Um, and as far as I, again, I haven't listened to it, but as far as I know, it's just a full on rock album. Yeah. And you, yeah, you can't find it anywhere. It's so upsetting. Uh, because, uh, for those of you who don't know, Garth Brooks had his own, uh, musical streaming, uh, download service called ghost tunes, which was it ghost tunes. And then it became G tunes or was it always ghost? I tunes? think it was always ghost tunes. And then it got bought okay. out and then it got bought out by Amazon in like 2017 yeah. or 2018 and, and yeah so it all got transferred to amazon Music. yeah garth brooks has um, always been very for some reason very into exclusivity with his music yeah. when when he was when he was in his whole like retirement phase mm-hmm. uh for like 10 years uh you could only find his music at walmart yeah, his music was exclusively to the man. Yeah, his music was like exclusively sold at Walmart. It was like an it was like a like a deal that he had with them. Huh. So Garth weird. Brooks. Yeah, Garth Brooks, yeah. weird dude. I, I just love. I him. wanted to get one mention of of Garth Brooks in before. Dude, we, uh... I love I love Garth Brooks, man. <laughs> I always have. I my mom got me like super into him at like a young age. And then I was, and then I was part of that whole, like, I like everything except for country for so long. And then you turned your back on Garth Brooks. I turned my back on, I turned my back on all country music, even though I grew up on some country music with my mom. Yeah. Um, And then, and then it was Garth Brooks week on like, on like A&E or something like that. Yeah. And and my mom, I think I came home from work and my parents were watching the Garth Brooks documentary and I just sat down and I watched the whole thing. Yeah. And then I went to Owen's house and I sat, I made him sit down and watch the whole thing. And then we watched the second part together. 
And now I'm uh, just all about GB. <laughs> that's right. GB. Uh, or CG, Chris Gaines. Yeah, CG. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... <laughs> Anyway, that, so those are our five songs for today's episode. Um, but of course, at the end of every episode, I like to ask the guest, what did we learn today? Um, well, I think we learned that two for ones are pretty sick. Yep. Um, it's really cool to see a contrast between like the in like the first and second part of the song what like what these bands are going to do um you you can do this in so many different ways like with boston you can do it as an intro like code orange you can do it as an outro or you can just like completely just change up the sound of the song but it still sounds like one track Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of different ways that you can do this uh and i think that's I think that's really cool. I think it's a nice change of pace in uh, in a lot of people's songwriting. For sure. Uh, so, well, thank you very much, uh, Tyler, for joining me today. Um, go stream Certainty's music. Go stream Cheapside's music. Um, stay safe, everyone. We have a new episode coming next week. All hell, Chris Gaines. <laughs>